My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's not very often that a, uh, a Sunday is January 1st. It happens very rarely. I think it was five years ago that it did. So on this first day of the year, we're hoping today to bring you a message and a challenge that will hopefully help you to have the, the best possible 2017, the strongest spiritual 2017 as possible. There was a man in 1985 by the name of Daryl Burton, and he was, he was wrongly imprisoned for a murder that he didn't commit. In a very short trial, literally less than two days, two witnesses lied and linked him to a murder. Uh, one of the witnesses, it turned out, was kind of the local drunk and actually had very poor eyesight. It wasn't even really possible that he would have been able to see what had happened. The other was a guy who had a number of felonies himself and essentially had made a, a plea deal in order to reduce his sentences to convict Daryl Burton. And literally with no physical evidence whatsoever linking him to the murder, he was sentenced to 50 years in prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I think I might have just checked out. I might have thought, my life is over. He's young 20-something. He knows he's going to be in prison the next 50 years. I would imagine most of us would probably toss in the towel in our life. But that wasn't the case for Daryl Burton. He fought it, and he fought it, and he fought it, and it took him 24 years. And finally, after 24 years in prison, a judge overturned the conviction, and he was set free. And fortunately, while he was in prison, he learned to forgive those who had done him wrong. He wrestled with that for a long time. Apparently his mom had always said, hey, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. And he always brushed that off. I don't need that. And obviously you have a lot of time to think. And he wrestled through that. And during that time, he learned to forgive those men. And he actually became a follower of Christ. And he didn't allow his past, although he was in prison, he didn't allow his past to be a prison. He didn't allow his past to keep him from future blessing. In fact, he is actually now ministering to others. And he didn't allow his past to be a poison to keep him from his future. He's actually a pastor now in Kansas City. So some of you, if you're going to have this, this, this great year that we believe 2017 is going to be, we believe that you need to get past your past. We believe you can't let your past be a prison. You can't let your past keep you from blessing others. And we don't believe your past can be a poison in your life to keep you from that. Well, Daryl's story, as I thought about his story, it reminded me of a guy in the Bible. It reminded me of a guy who also was falsely imprisoned. A man, as you look at the people in the Bible, had maybe one of the worst. You know, we think of Job, that was pretty bad. But we think of, uh, of Joseph, he had a very painful past. And so he, his name was Joseph, and he was the son of Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And as you turn in your Bible uh, to Genesis chapter 41, 50 and 52, you're going to find that Joseph did something that seems totally insignificant until you hear why. And so as you're turning in your Bibles, I want to tell you the story. I want to tell you Joseph's story so you're familiar with him. And, and if you, uh, um, you know, have, have been around, maybe you have seen a play that's titled similar, Joseph and the Technicolor Coat. And so it, it's kind of the story of Joseph. But Joseph was the 11th son of 12 of Jacob. And he was kind of that little brother you like to beat up. Uh, he, he kind of, uh, he bragged a little bit. Uh, he, he had these dreams, and he would share these dreams with his brothers, and he didn't know what they meant at the time, but they would kind of forecast the future, uh, that one day they would be bowing down to him. And of course, you can imagine if you're the big brothers, you don't, you don't want to hear that. You think, yeah, right, I'm going to pound you. Um, so they got so jealous 
that, uh, because his dad also gave him, because he was the favorite. If you dig in deeper in the story, you find out he was the first son of Rachel, his, his beloved wife. Um, he gives him this technicolor, this multicolor code. And it, you can imagine he's walking around like, I'm the favorite, I'm the favorite. And again, they're like, you're going to pay for that. And so they, they, they are so upset at his preferential treatment and of these dreams that he has, kind of saying that, hey, I'm going to rule you all one day, that they, they get so jealous they actually plot to kill him. Uh, and instead of killing him, they, they sell him into slavery. And so while he's in slavery in Egypt, things keep getting worse. He ends up getting falsely accused of raping his master's wife, and that lands him from slavery to prison. And so now he's in prison, and he helps a couple of guys there. They come with some dreams, and he interprets these dreams, and one of them actually is the interpretation is that he'll get killed by Pharaoh, and the other one is that he'll be restored. And so as the guy's getting restored, he's like, hey, don't forget me. And he does. And so now he's been forgotten by people he's helped. And so it's nearly 15 years of prison, uh, nearly 15 years of slavery in prison. And he ends up getting out of prison. I'll tell you how in a little bit. But he ends up getting out of prison. And he ends up becoming second in command of all of Egypt. Now, he has this really difficult past, right? I, I don't know too many people in this room that could say, well, I can top that. He has this really difficult past. But here is what he did. I told you it was kind of insignificant until you hear why. Here it is in Genesis 41, 50 through 52. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. I'll tell you what, it's incredible, and it's really the key to an incredible year of 2017 for you. It's the secret to, to moving past your past. Did you see what he called his first son? Manasseh. Manasseh. And did you see what it meant? Because God has made me forget all my trouble and let me ask you this morning, when you think about 2016, do you think about failure? Do you think about the past and how you may have failed, or do you see a future? Because God's word has power. And I want you to think about Manasseh. And you may be asking yourself, you know, why, why is it so important to forget my past? And, and it's because I believe your past can be a prison. Your past can be a prison. It can, it can try to hold you back. It can try to control you. And I believe Joseph knew that, and Joseph wasn't going to let that happen. And that's, again, why he named, in 51, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it's because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. Joseph named this son Manasseh because God had made him forget all of his trouble. And if you can imagine, it became a constant reminder that he had chosen to forget his past and it wasn't going to be his prison any longer. And let's reflect. Let's reflect on his year again, on his, on his past. His brothers hated him. They sold him into slavery. They falsely accused him of rape. He was thrown into prison. The people he helped to get out, they ended up turning their back on him and forgetting about him. And he had nearly 15 years of suffering between slavery and prison. He wants, can you imagine, he wants to be able to forget that. 
That's enough to keep any of us, even if we're not in a physical prison, it's enough to keep us locked into a mental prison of I can't do anything. He wants to be able to forget. And every time he sees his son Manasseh, he's able to forget. You see, there are things from this last year that are going to make us better. But there are some things that have happened that have the potential to make it difficult going forward. In 2017, 2016 can be a prison if you'll let it. As I look around the room, as I've had conversations with people, as I've reflected on my own life, I think about the fact that 2016 can be a prison if we're not going to move past the past hurts. You know, I know that there are those in our church, in our community that have lost a loved one. It's been a difficult year. There's past failures. Some of you have struggled in a difficult marriage. You've had a, a marriage that's failed. Maybe a job fell apart and you're trying to wrestle with why. There's some past slights. Maybe a, a friend or a coworker kind of stabbed you in the back and you're really wrestling with why. Why did they slight me? Why did they do that? There's past grudges. Maybe you're holding on to something you just can't forgive. There's the past bitterness. We all look around at times and see injustice, and we're, we're trying to figure out why, why can't I reconcile that in my mind? God, that doesn't make sense. We have past regrets. Maybe it's that time you spent some time on the Internet looking at things that you shouldn't. Maybe it's that time you had that night on the town, and it's left you with guilt. Maybe this describes some of you, some of your 2016 recollections. We all have these, and I understand that some are more severe than others. But I want you to be mindful that your past can turn into a prison if you let it. Got a chance to go to Israel a few times, and man, there's some amazing history, of course, there of the Bible. And there's a place called Caiaphas's Palace, and at Caiaphas's Palace is a statue. And there's a statue of Peter. And it's a, it's a statue of Peter's greatest failure. They've literally made a statue of it. I can imagine he's looking down saying, really guys? Is this, this is what you want to remember me for? Denying Christ? You can see the, the rooster up there. And this is a statue of his greatest failure. But of course he was able to, to move past it. And if I could look into your mind this morning, and if I could see your thoughts and I could see your past, would I see you reflecting on failure would I see you reflecting on moving past your past and moving forward? Well, I hope, my hope this morning is that you'll focus on Manasseh. Because if we're not careful, the past can prevent future blessing. Like Daniel, who we've learned about, remember Pastor Christian shared recently the fact that, that Daniel was able to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. Well, Joseph had that, had that same ability. And Joseph had the ability to interpret not only dreams, but then Pharaoh's dreams. And the, that, that jerk that forgot about Joseph and doing something nice for him while he was in prison, Pharaoh has some dreams, and he's like, oh, I remember there's a guy. He's probably going to be mad at me, but there's a guy. And he, he can interpret dreams. And so uh, Joseph is able to interpret the dreams about the seven years of, of plenty, and that there would be seven years of famine. So this 14-year period... Joseph was able to say what it was about, and Pharaoh was so pleased that he was able to interpret these dreams that he says, man, I now need someone to like manage this and make this happen. I'm going to make you, not only am I going to free you from prison, but I'm going to make you second in command of all of Egypt. So man, what a, what a blessing, but he now is a man with great power, but he has a past. 
And that can be a dangerous combination. And if he wasn't careful, his past hurt could prevent him from making a wise choice and making a choice to be a blessing to others. We pick up the story in Genesis 42. Genesis uh, 41, actually, right before that, says this, 53 and 54. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began, just, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. So just like he said, there's, there's food in Egypt. And now in Genesis 42, it says, When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you just keep looking at each other? And let me tell you, when I saw this scripture, I thought I'm not the only parent that says to the kids, Why are you just standing there? It's like Jacob was, Jacob was like, Hey guys, did, we, we heard there's food. Why are you just standing here? Why, why don't you go do something? So I kind of chuckled to myself as I read that, realizing I'm not the only dad that makes those comments. And verse 2, he says, he continued, I've heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. So Joseph's family's starving, and they hear there's food in, in Egypt. And, and guess what? This is the same family that wanted them dead. This is the same family that decided to sell him into slavery. And so the brothers travel to Egypt. Remember, this is the future nation of Israel, and they're starving. So the brothers travel to Egypt, and they, they appear before Joseph to ask him for food. And they don't have any idea that this is their brother. I mean, they have no idea that this is the guy that they tossed in a well and beat up and sold him into slavery. They have no idea because he's, he's shaved. He's dressed different. He looks like an Egyptian now. They have no idea that he'd be second in command. I can imagine they're not remembering those dreams. And so he has a choice. He has a choice. Do I punish these guys for what they did to me? Can you imagine what's going through your mind? Your brothers all of a sudden show up. It's not like they text him. Hey, we'll be there in five. They appear right before him. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? I could come over this desk and rip your head off, right? Can you imagine what's going through? He has a choice. Do I punish them or do I bless them? Now, if you read the scripture, you'll find that he actually, he messes with them a little bit. He makes them them suffer a little bit. He messes with them a little bit. But here's what happens. In Genesis 45, 4 through 7, it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there's been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Man, this was his chance to stop and choose what to do. And here's the challenge for you as you think about, man, that must have been a tough one for him. This is your chance today to choose what you're going to do. It's the first day of 2017. And you have a choice. Are you going to choose to look past some of the things that have happened 
in 2016 and move forward to bless some people in 2017, looking past some of those past hurts, looking past some of those past failures, those slights, those grudges, the bitterness, the regrets? Are you willing to look past that to bless someone in 2017? And I know they're hard choices. Do you know that Joseph, this was such a hard choice for him that twice he had to hide himself from weeping from his brothers. Once he had to literally go in another room and control himself and regroup because he was so shooken up about the fact that, oh my gosh, Lord, these are my brothers and they're here and they're asking me for something. It's not going to be easy. I'm not asking you to snap out of it and just quickly get past everything. It's not going to be easy. So Joseph, he, he chooses not only to provide food for them, but he, he provides a temporary home for them in order for them to survive the, the famine. And what's interesting is that time goes by, his father dies, and now his brothers are freaked out again. You know, you honor your father in that culture very much. And so the dad dies, and they're, they're kind of like, oh no, they're back before him. Like, are you, are you going to punish us now? Are you going to kill us now? And he's like, guys... In Genesis 50, verse 20, he reiterates to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And and I'll admit, this is one of the most difficult verses in the Bible to chew on and kind of wrestle with. And you might be saying to yourself, "You're you're saying that something bad happened to me, but God can use it for good? I absolutely am. God can use something bad that has happened he can use it for good. And I want you to think about this. If he, hadn't, if he hadn't forgotten the past and chose to move forward from it, he wouldn't have been able to be this blessing to his family. And ultimately, in history, he had an opportunity here to, to literally help the nation of Israel survive. And he chose to be a blessing. But what about your family? What about your marriage? What about your kids? Are you willing to look past that, that, that difficult thing in 2016 for a better 2017? What blessing could you be this year if you choose to forget the past hurt of 2016? And finally, yesterday's problems. Yesterday's problems can become today's poison or potential. For those of you who, who don't know my story, what I love about where our church is now is there's a whole lot of folks who've been coming for maybe 30, 60, 90 days. And uh, I've shared parts of my story over the last several years at our church. But uh, if you don't know my story, I, I didn't grow up in church. And a lot of, I made a lot of bad choices in high school and in college. I made a, a lot of bad choices with alcohol and with women, things that I'm not proud of, things that as I think about my past, they're the things that pop up, the past regrets, the past hurts. But 20 years ago, I realized that there was a God who could, who could forgive me and who could help me change my life. And in the years since, I've had to choose. In the 20 years since, I've had to choose whether I wanted my past to be a poison in my life. In other words, something that defined me and kept me from serving Jesus. Or if I wanted it to be my potential. The fact that I knew that God could use it. And I chose for it to be my potential. I chose for it to be what I knew God could help me help others. I knew that based on my past, God could use me to to let people know that we serve a big God. I love the fact that I've sat across 
the desk from some people and said, you've messed up? Me too. You've messed up? Me too. You've made some bad choices? So have I. But God has helped me to move past my past and my, my future's bright because I know God's leading me. And God called me to the ministry 12 years ago and literally my, my potential's in his hands. Every day, I literally say, God, use me. My kids know whether it's on the way to church, on the way to school, Lord, use us today. Help us to honor you. Our life is yours. Let us be a light for you. I've chose not to let my past be a poison, but I want it to be my potential. And Joseph had to choose on a daily basis to live in the potential that God had for him. He had to to choose Manasseh. I'm going to forget my past. But did you see what Joseph named his second son? Here it was in verse 52. The second son he named Ephraim. And he said, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And Joseph, he named his second son Ephraim because God had made him fruitful literally in the very place that he'd had the most suffering of his entire life. You see, I don't know what all you've gone through. I don't know what your 2016 looked like. But I know that you, know, you've, you need to be able to, with God's help, move past your past and literally trust God to fulfill all the potential that he has for you. I don't want you to let your past be a prison. I, want, I don't want you to let your past be, be the poison that keeps you from doing what God has for you. I've heard it said that, that God never wastes our pain. And I don't know what you've been through, but I know that if you'll give it to God, he'll help you. Do you know how many people... In Lee Summit, in Kansas City, in the United States have been divorced? About half. There's a lot of pain and difficulty through divorce. And we have some people at our church, of course, who've been through divorce, and some recent, some going through it, some in the midst of it. But we have three people in particular, Dan and Sonia and Mark, who know the hurt. They know the difficulty of divorce, but they have moved past it. They've allowed God to bring healing in their life, and they now are helping us set up, which will start here in just a few weeks, a divorce care ministry. And so if that's you, if you're here today and you you need that, if you need someone to come around you and minister to you and help you through some people that have been through it, not just saying snap out of it, but let us walk with you. I hope you'll take out your connection card, which I've left somewhere. I hope you'll take out your connection card and literally just write divorce care on it and drop it in the basket or give it to the Welcome Center on your way out and just say, I want to sign up. And we'll contact you and we'll let you know. It's going to be on Sunday nights. There'll be child care. I hope you'll come and be a part of our divorce care group so that you can be ministered to. Now maybe, maybe you've bought in. Maybe you're saying, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to leave my 2016 behind. I'm ready to move forward in 2017. But you're kind of saying, but now what? What do I do? Well, I want to share with you what I did 20 years ago that helped me. I want want to give you what my plan was, and I hope this will be your plan for 2017. So I hope you'll tune in. This this literally can change your life if you'll do this. Your plan for 2017 is to seek wisdom. To seek wisdom from godly people and from God's word. If you'll seek wisdom from godly people and God's word, it'll change your life. Get on a Bible reading plan. The people I have known over the years, not to mention myself, but the ones that literally just said, I'm going to read some of the Bible every single day, they have grown so much. 
And Pastor Christian's actually going to have one for you all next week. Bible memory and Bible plan. Psalm 119, 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And as you seek wisdom from godly people, maybe that means you need some real counseling. Again, I didn't say just, hey, snap out of it. Just, just forget it. No, I know that some of it's going to take some real counseling. Some of it's going to take some real help to get through that marriage issue, to get through that issue that's been, that's been holding you back, the one that you can't quite let go of. Don't put it off. Move, move forward towards some healing this year. And the second thing you need to do is you need to stay involved. You need to stay involved by, by serving weekly in one of, our, one of our volunteer serve groups. Maybe you've seen them around the church, people that are volunteering, people that know each other, people that are connected, people that are a team, people that are a family. They're huddling together, having some little bit of encouragement, a little prayer together, and then saying, man, let's go be used by God. These are our serve groups. I hope you'll get involved in one of those. I also hope you'll get involved in one of our connect small groups. We've got a bunch of them. We've got men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, various nights of the week. I hope you'll get involved uh, in fact, they start January 15th. You can check them out on our, uh, on our app. You can come to our test drive next Sunday night, which is just, hey, I, I don't know about this thing, but I'm willing to give it a test. And you can, you can come next Sunday night at 5 o'clock, right over here in the small multipurpose, and we'll just kind of give you a feel for what a small group's like. And then if you like it, we'll be glad to help you find a small group that would be a good fit for you. So you can mark that on your connection card again, test drive. I'm interested. You can sign up on the app. We'd love to let you know next Sunday night. You can do that. And and I'll tell you what, let me tell you what the Bible has to say about small groups. This isn't just me. Hey, he's the the next steps guy. He's the small groups guy. He's telling you to do that. Listen to what the Bible says about small groups in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So you've got to get in a group. You've got to stay involved. And then my wife and I, when we first became believers, we realized in order to to stay involved, we needed to be at church every time the doors were open. We just wanted to be there, not because someone said, hey, here's the rules and you have to do this, but because we wanted to. So stay involved. That'll help you grow. Be here every Sunday you can. And number three, I want to encourage you to steer away. Steer away from the temptations, and maybe that's people, maybe that's places, maybe that's things, and you fill in the blank for what that thing is that's a temptation for you. You need to steer away from those things. Those are the things that I don't know how it works in your life, but for me, they cause regret. For me, they cause pain. For me, they cause real bitterness. Some things that take years to undo. But I had to learn to steer away from those things. I can remember driving back from the lake. My wife and I, we weren't married yet. We were soon to be married. And I can remember trying to become who God wanted me to be. And I can remember as a new Christian, being stupid at the lake. Doing things that I knew I shouldn't be doing. Wondering, why am I doing this? Realizing I needed some new friends and I needed to steer away from some people and some places and some things that were causing me trouble. And I can remember God answering that prayer and bringing me some good Christian friends that helped me and steered me away from that stuff. Some of you, maybe it's from last night. Maybe last night you made some decisions or some choices or maybe it was last week. 
And you need to figure out how in 2017 to steer away from those things so they don't cause you to stumble in 2017. Listen to how God helps us. I love the fact that, that I'm not up here just saying do this, but listen to what God's word has to say about temptation. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. It means other people face these too. And God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. In other words, he won't let you be, be tempted beyond what you're able to say, you know what, I don't need that. You know what, no. And I said, no. You know what, I'm not going. He's going to give you the strength to be able to do that. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. In other words, there might even be a friend that says, hey, Joe, come on. Hey, Bob, come on. Hey, Bill, come on. Hey, Betty, come with me. In other words, he knows at times he can help you and he can, he can bring people to intervene in your life to help you. Number four, and this one ministered to me so much because I knew who I was and I knew what my past was and I learned that I had to soak in God's grace and his mercy and his love. I had a little worship service with my seven-year-old yesterday. She, she didn't know what it was like for me. We were just having a moment on the couch. We, we got one of those little cool echo dots, and we did some cool stuff to the basement to make it kind of a kid's hangout. And you can kind of go, hey, uh, Alexa. If you've got one, you know what I'm talking about. And you can just kind of say, play, play some worship music. And one of them was the last song that we sang today. And I had, a, I had just a worship session. She's smiling at me here in the front with my little seven-year-old. And she was just hanging with her dad, but I was hanging not only with my seven-year-old, but I was hanging with my dad too. And I was just having a worship time. I was just soaking in God's grace because I know what he's forgiven me of and I know how much he's done in my life. And I had this great worshipful moment on the couch in my basement, just hanging out with my daughter Faith. But Lamentations chapter 3 says, says his mercies are new every morning. 22 and 23 says, because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And if you fail, I learned 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Because you will, right? We don't become perfect as a Christian. We may fail, but God tells us to seek his face and to be forgiven. And there's going to be times that you need to soak in God's grace and soak in his mercy and soak in his love. And as we close today, I, as I put this message together and as I thought about, as I thought about Joseph and I thought about him looking at his kids, I started to reflect a little bit on my own kids. And I thought about Hannah. I thought about my oldest and how, how I'm proud of her. And how she uses her talents to try to honor God in her life. And I thought of Mason and the fact that I got to baptize him last year in 2016. And if you were here, you saw that I dunked him twice because I thought he needed it. He went down and I was like, nah, that's not good enough. And then Sophie, man, she, 
she loves to hang out in J Kids and she loves to be a part of the worship back there and she's just so creative. She blows me away. And then Faith, I got to baptize her this year. She loves to read her Bible. She literally read her Bible all the way through in 2016. She probably did it in about 60 days, actually. She just gunned through it. She's just soaking it up. And I'm proud of them through the good times and through their struggles. Right? We all have struggles. And I'm sure Joseph was proud of his kids and he thought of them when they were disobeying and when they were obeying. But I love my kids and as I reflect on them, I, I reflect on how God has used me in spite of my past. And every time Joseph looked at his kids, I'm sure he thought of forgetting his past and moving forward in the potential that God had for him. And it's the first day of the new year. And my challenge for you today is I want you to ask God to help you to forget the past and make you fruitful in the future. Will you take that challenge? Let's pray.